When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. It's a weird feeling, Christian, coming on this show, and we don't just immediately start being like, oh, they're just so good, man. Just so good. How do you stop this team? This is a this is a podcast where we got to talk about some stuff. Uh, the Avs play two games on back to back nights, and neither of them are good. They lose one to nothing to the New Jersey Devils in a game where I'd like to say we'll talk about it, but nothing happened, and neither Christian and I were able to watch it, which I don't think has ever happened in the history of the show. We're both working, so. We'll get to more on that later. Then the next night, which we are fresh off of right now, the Avalanche have a 3-0 lead on the New York Islanders, and they give up five unanswered goals, four in the third period, and lose 5-4 to four in one that is really going to have to be a wake-up call early in the season. And now they have six days off as they get ready for back-to-back games against Columbus in Finland. So this is a pretty rare feeling on this podcast, one that I don't think we've had probably in about a year. Yeah, it's definitely giving me flashbacks of last year because, remember, I feel like we was around the same time last year. We had those those back-to-back losses to Columbus, and we both were just like, all right, this team may not be as good as we thought, Um, but here's the thing. There is a difference between the team from last year and this year. The team is not as good as it was last year. No. I think that's mostly due to injuries uh, because, yeah, the Avs have been pretty much a one-line team to start the year so far. And with Val out, Gabe out, and Darren Helm out, they're a one-and-a-half-line team right now. Yeah, it has not been pretty. I mean, I think we totally skipped over this over the last few episodes. Uh, Landis Cog's out until January. 
with the uh, 12 weeks is the timeline that we were given. We had so much news on that last week's episode between the three games and all the waiver stuff that I think we just totally missed that. Yep. So we're not getting Landeskog back until January. Val misses both of these games. I would imagine he's back for Columbus because it did not sound too serious. And it's like we've said, there's just no point pushing through things this early in the regular season if you don't have to. But you can see the difference when those guys are not in the lineup, especially Val. Val has been the best player on this team. He, Without a doubt, he's been the best player on this team. And it's just it, like for the New Jersey game, for example, like you said, we both for the first time in the history we've been doing the show together, we both couldn't watch um, these East Coast games. I know for you are great, but for me, they fucking suck. Honestly, With- they're not that great for me because there are times like I'm I'm 22 now. I'm an adult and I have responsibilities. There are times where I got to do stuff during prime time. So sometimes it works out better for these games to be later in the day for me as I get older. And I just straight up could not watch this game. And it's not like the thing where I'm sitting at my desk at the Ravens and can put my laptop up and watch it. Like I'm, I'm working game cameras on campus. Like I, I can maybe have it in one ear and listen to it, but I can't really pay much attention. Yeah. And I mean, to get back to Val, it's crazy how far we've come with him. I know we rave about him on every episode, but just how important he has become to this team that when he misses games, it is extremely noticeable. Yeah, I mean, look back at last October when we didn't have him for after the first game against Chicago. And before we really knew what Val was capable of, we started to ask the question, like, how important is adding Val to this top six really going to be? Because the offense is struggling. Then he comes back and the offense no longer struggled after that. And Val in the lineup early this season, offense is rolling. He's a big part of that power play he's now undeniable a core part of that power play and he goes out of the lineup scoring dries up immediately against the devils they get some back against the islanders but it is not the same no it's not the same and i just like like you said there's no point in pushing him through something that if a little rest he'll be back to 100 like we're at game nine of the season like you just take your time um with him coming back and it sounds like if it really was like a, a need to play game, I bet you he could have played in both those games. Yeah. with I mean, he broke his foot in the Stanley Cup final and played through it. Like Val is a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. So he's he's very important to this team, and I'm praying to God that he is um, <laughs> he's in the lineup come Friday. And I, I certainly hope so, because it is never pretty when he's out of the lineup. And it's something I said on Twitter after the game is, you simply cannot replace those two, that being Nachushkin and Landeskog. You can only survive without them, especially Nachushkin, as what we've seen from him so far. Yeah, I mean, it losing Landeskog has, I think we just got kind of used to it when he didn't play those three months uh, before the playoffs. And then he came back and you go, oh yeah, he's he's very important to this team. Um, oh, you, and he brings in... He brings a swagger to us. Yeah. Well, you know what made losing Landeskog so terrible sometimes? Val. And so what happens when you lose them both? Oh, shit. This is not good. It's not good, but it's it was very noticeable. Let's just get the Devils game out of the way because we've kind of tiptoed around it that we both were not able to watch. I was able to get home for the third period, and immediately once I turned the game on, Jack Hughes scored. So I was like, okay, it's going to be that type of day. Um and the Avs went, what, 0 for 6 on the power play in that game? 
Yeah, I'm uncharacteristic for the power play to look that bad. They go 0 for 6. The penalty kill goes 2 for 3, but the one goal they give up to Jack Hughes early in the third period. And Christian, at least you were able to watch some portion of this game. I legitimately have nothing to say. I have nothing to add to this conversation. And also, it's tough because there were no highlights to watch. (laughs) I don't think we've even stressed this enough. Nothing happened in this game. This was the most boring, uneventful meaningless game I have ever even heard of happening. Yeah. I think the shot, I I kept updating my phone at work and I have terrible service at work. So I thought it was a glitch. It was like 15 to 14 shots after the, after the second period. And I was like, the devils have only given up 15 shots. Is this real life? Um, And the abs got stymied by Vitek Vanacek, which that's pretty hard to do. Yeah. I mean, Vanacek, and Blackwood have been kind of the problems for the Devils so far early in the season. But when those goalies are good, the Devils look good. They're a good team. They've actually looked decent. And there's a stat out there. I don't have the exact stat. But it's when a team like this has a certain expected goals for and against percentage seven games into the season, all of them have made the playoffs. And the Devils so far are are up there, at least in some of those analytic categories. They might be a good team, but that does not excuse the the lifeless performance that the Avalanche put on in New Jersey. Yeah, it was, th- that's the best way to put it, lifeless and just no, like, there won't be another game this year where the Avs go 0 for 6 on the power play. That's just, it just doesn't happen. Like, there, there's probably very rarely going to be games, period, in the NHL this season where a team goes 0 for 6 on the power play. Like, that's almost impressive. It is. It really is impressive. Like, I, that's like some NHL, like, video game stats. Like, when you go on, when you're playing an online game, you give up, like, nine penalties. Um, But, I mean, the Avs kind of got a little bit of a push near the end. And then just nothing came of it. They got a power play late. After Thomas Tatar took one of the stupidest penalties I've ever seen in the last minute of that game. And the Avs had a chance and they just couldn't do it. So I had high hopes for them coming into the Islanders game because last time they played a stinker at the beginning of a back-to-back, they came out and played arguably their best game against Vegas. And it started out well against the Islanders. started out really well. And that that's when the tires fell off was the third period. Yeah, I mean, the the first period, I thought the Avs were pretty good. I thought it was a pretty even period between two good teams. Second period, they they come out flying. Evan Rodriguez, power play goal. And this sequence on the Miko Rantanen goal from Alex Georgiev. Georgiev's been so good this season. It's It honestly hurts to see him get a loss in this game because he was so good, especially on this sequence, making amazing saves on an Islanders power play where Rantanen's in the box for a ticky-tacky call goalie interference. He makes some amazing saves. He keeps the puck out. He's able to at least find a way to get the puck to Josh Manson, who sends it to Miko Rantanen fresh out of the box. He's on a breakaway. And I know he did not technically get a secondary assist on this play. I say bullshit. He should have gotten it. That goal does not happen without him. Yeah, he should have. But I I just... I'm I've been very, very impressed with Georgiev. And if it really wasn't for him, the start could be a lot worse for the abs. For the I, I think it, we'd be talking about this like, dude, this is really bad. Like they. Look yeah, they, they'd be maybe a two win team right now. Yeah, they they beat Chicago. We say that much, at least. And they beat Minnesota, maybe. 
Like, it, it's not been good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Georgiev's been fantastic. It's a shame that he lost this game and his save percentage was less than a 900 because he was no, way no, better. He, well, that's the thing. He was still above 900 yeah. in this game. He was a 907 because the Avalanche gave up 44 shots. Yeah, he was great and he continues to be great. And I still think we have the goaltender figured out. I don't think we have to worry about it. Pavel Francouz against New Jersey, he was great against New Jersey. He just got kind of uh, a little screwed by the Avs because they uh, – they did not score for him. Like, I don't think Pavel Francouz has been bad to start this year, but he definitely has not had the goal luck that I think Georgiev has had. Yeah, I mean, Frankie, he he hasn't been as good as Georgiev has. But like oh, you just look at you just look at the Devils game last night. He was perfectly fine. He gave up one goal. He got no goal support. And like the other games, like the game against Seattle. Yeah, he had that that back-breaking goal given up, but he played well in the rest of that game and he was really put in a bad spot against Calgary. Like you well, you really you really can't ask for much more out of your goalie than that. Like what what's he supposed to do in that situation where a team's just that tired and that emotionally drained? He gave him a chance. Like it's not like he was terrible. No. He wasn't terrible, but I mean, back to Georgiev, he was fantastic in this game. Shame he lost. Um, but I, I just, you need more from the abs. You just need more from the abs in front of him. Yeah. I mean, let's honestly, I think we just blazed through the second period here. You get another goal 50 seconds later, again, from Evan Rodriguez, his second of the game, his fourth of the season, McKinnon with the setup taste gets another point on that. And it looks like smooth sailing from here. And even though, uh, like a minute after that minute and 20 seconds after Noah Dobson gets the Islanders on the board. I still thought the Avs finished the second period strong. I mean, the the Islanders, they were pushing. They definitely had their moments. Georgiev kept them off the board. The Islanders are good this season. They're a strong, suffocating team. I think they're a scoring juggernaut now, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, they scored 12 <laughs> goals in their last two games. I mean, man, seems like they found the touch again. But now you look at the, the third period, the Islanders played really well, and the Avalanche, they, they just... I don't really know. The wheels just fell off the wagon with this well, one. And you can't even blame the back-to-back because the Islanders were playing a back-to-back too. The Avs looked like they were dead tired. Yeah. The, Islanders played, the Islanders played the Hurricanes yesterday. We played the Devils. Like you, you tell me which one you prefer on the front half of a back-to-back. And the Islanders had to travel. They did more traveling than the Avs did for this game because yeah, we they were, were traveling we were, from Carolina. Yeah, we were in New Jersey last night. We basically had to cross the street to yeah. get to New York. So the back-to-back is not an excuse for this. No. The Islanders, they just strangled them in the third period. They did not let up. And the Avs just did not have a lot of pushback. And this this is really where you could see the flaws of this team early in the season be put on full display. Because Georgiev could not save them this time. He was brilliant in this third period. He did as much as he humanly could. But the Avalanche left him out to dry here and it was bad there's no other way to describe it the top line looked bad mckinnon takes a terrible penalty makes some bad defensive reads kale mccarr did not look good sam gerard on the zach parisi goal that made a one goal game he's just letting parisi stand there you got to push him out of the way like we could go down the list for hours of all the things this team did wrong in the third period it simply was not good enough at all I know it's early in the season. I know it's all going to get fixed. But these are flaws that the team is showing right now. 
And you can't, you can't just hand wave it. Be like, ah, it'll be better because you got to address them or else it's not going to get better. And I think they've addressed the penalty kill. I think the penalty kills gotten a little bit better. Yeah. Um, penalty kills good in this game. They went, they went three for three. Yeah. And it goes back to that point where the abs last year, where if McKinnon and Rantanen were off for a game, they could still win the game at this point right now with the abs. If McKinnon and Rantanen aren't playing at top, like the best they can, the abs can't win. They don't have the depth right now to win games. No, I, I think that's the biggest problem right now is the avalanche simply do not have the depth to win right now. Cause it's exactly like you said, if McKinnon's not having the best night, if Ranton is not having the best night, even when you get a night from this, like Miko Ranton, where he's he's really good. He scores a goal in this game right out of the box. It's not enough because you need more from your other guys. Like you need your goals from JT Comfer. And you get a goal from Alex Newhook with 30 seconds left after the Islanders empty netter. Great to get him off the schneid. But you look at the fourth line. Martin Kaut plays 525. Mikhail Maltsev plays 418. Curtis McDermott plays 450. You are running through the month of October with three lines. You don't have a fourth line. You you have one on the on the lineup sheet, but you don't have a fourth line. You're not playing them at all. Totally off topic. Berkey just scored. Fuck yeah, <laughs> that totally just brought my mood right up. Yeah, sorry, but Berkey just scored. Back to your rant. Shit, man. Now I'm not even upset. <laughs> But, I mean, you were talking about – I didn't think JT Comper was particularly bad in this game. No, Actually, no, 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 no. Comper, Comper was good in this game. He almost had that set up to Cogliano. Yeah. I, my problem right now is with the fourth line or the lack of deployment of the fourth line because you don't have one. You're When you're playing a guy four minutes a night, he might as well not be there. You're yes. playing him on average a little more than one minute a period. That's not a player. You're not using him. You're running nine players on your offense. If this was the playoffs, we can get away with that. But it's not the playoffs. If, it, if, it, if this is the playoffs, I, I'd argue you can't. Because you look at the fourth line we had last year where you got O'Connor and Helm and Cogliano. They played massive minutes. Huge minutes. Those, that was the biggest reason we frustrated Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, that's true. We crushed we, – Mm, voice crack jesus crushed <laughs> them with that fourth line darren helm single-handedly drove the lightning insane in the first two games you're running that fourth line out there in the playoffs at all you're gonna get your ass beat it, is darren helm a more important player to this team too <laughs> like it is is darren helm the 36 year old uh that important to this team possibly i mean when when you have depth a fourth line that is not being deployed the answer is unequivocally yes, because it, at least Bednar trusts him. And I'm I'm not saying this as an attack on Kaut or Maltsev. We're not running the fourth line. I don't know if that's they're just that terrible that Bednar cannot trust them, or it's Bednar just fully riding his top guys. But you need to find guys you can trust. I don't know if we're waiting until the deadline. I don't know if we're waiting for someone to follow us on waivers. I don't know if we're waiting for someone to just do something but you cannot sustain this. That, like that is one of the big reasons why the Islanders pushed us around so much in the third, because they, they don't have a ton of star power, but they've got four lines. They did to us what we did to a ton of teams in the playoffs. They run four guys out there and they bully you. Yeah, they bully you. And 
I just like, I'm hoping I haven't really seen too much about Ben Myers in the minors. I, I, I think he's just kind of existing down there. I, I, um, I think he's our best option. I've been the most impressed by Myers of any bun on our fourth line. It's also Dryden hunt is probably not included in this conversation. He played 11 minutes. So I thought he's been solid. Yeah. He's doing his job. He's yeah, just I'm, going out there to hit everything. Yeah. I want to clarify that he is being excluded from this. Yeah. When we get everyone back healthy and you get a fourth line with Dryden hunt on it, I actually kind of like his, his fit. Yeah, I like Dryden Hunt. I like what he's brought. I think he's a good little pickup. And Bednar at least trusts him more than 10 minutes a game. He he played up there with every other forward tonight. Curtis McDermott, I, I just don't know what we're doing with this here. I know we love him. I know we talk about it all the time. But you can't play him on defense. And when he's on offense, you got They waved off the Berkey goal. I am now upset again, Christian. <laughs> you got to let me ride my highs, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Curtis McDermott. So Curtis McDermott, I'm going to talk <laughs> loudly now. I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Because this guy plays four minutes a game. He takes a, a penalty that puts the Islanders on the power play. It kills a bunch of momentum. And if you're not laying out, guys, you're not setting the tempo. You're not doing much. And Mikhail Maltsev, I've said before, I've said again, I just don't see it. I've never seen it with this guy. He's just hasn't really been trusted with it. And I mean, he had trust last year and he, he failed with it. So he, I, he I absolutely squandered it because I just don't, I don't know if he has an NHL skill set. He is better at hockey than I will be at anything in my entire life. But when it comes to the NHL level, I just, I just don't know if the skills there. I don't disagree with that. And I, I think we know that he is a very good AHL player. Um, he reminds me a lot of a guy like TJ Tynan who TJ Tynan's won like the back-to-back MVPs in the AHL, but just has never done anything in the NHL. Um, I just don't see it for him. And we just need to get that fourth line just to give these top guys a break because I, I think you start, you're starting to see it more and more in the third period now where the abs are just, their top guys are getting tired near yeah. the end of the game because they're out there for 25 minutes a game. I think one of the big turning points of last season was we're in November and we're still recovering from the bad start we beat up on the canucks and we beat up on some other teams but mckinnon's hurt and so now we're really like crap what are we gonna do that's when everyone else stepped up and you saw just how much this team was able to step up if mckinnon wasn't having a great night once mckinnon came back you saw him pressing a lot less you saw him just play his game and be himself I think we're starting to see that old McKinnon again, where he feels like he has to do everything himself. And how can he blame him? He's right. He has to right now. Him and the top guys kind of do have to do everything right now. And that's when you get a McKinnon that's much more easily frustrated. And defenses kind of know what he's going to do. He's going to grab this puck and he's going to go all the way with it. And half the time it works, but the defense is able to prepare for that. He, he does that just – he speeds into the zone, stops at the top of the ha- the circles, and looks for a pass. Like, it works 95% of the time, but it, there's just sometimes you need a better play. Um, and it's just – like, you saw Kale McCarr in this Islanders game. He was visibly upset. I can't recall a time I've seen Kale McCarr, like, visibly upset. Yeah, I mean, there was the – was it the, the 3-2 goal or the tying goal? Or the, or the go-ahead goal. I it think. was the go-ahead goal. Yeah, where he felt like he was interfered with at the blue line. And he's talking to the ref. I, I couldn't help but feel on that, like, man, you were up three to nothing. You can't talk to the refs right now. Like, I get it. It's frustrating. But 
we're not blaming refs here, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think like you could have called a penalty on that if it was like the first period, but third period of a tie hockey game, they usually, it has to be an egregious penalty for them to call it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get it frustrating, but I mean, this also comes from the, for the sake of my fantasy team, <laughs> I need a goal from you, buddy. Yeah. You're killing me. What, what are your thoughts? Do you think he's struggling? Because I, I don't think Kale's struggling. I think he's pressing the issue a little too much. I think, um, well, Kale McCarr struggling is one of the best players in the world. Yes. Kale McCarr not struggling is the best player in the world. So even when he's not at his best, Kale McCarr is still an unbelievable game breaker. But I don't think you can deny this is not the Kale, Kale McCarr we saw for 80% of last season and in the playoffs. I think once he gets that first goal, it's just going to be a weight off his shoulders. I think he's. I think it's pressing him a little bit right now. And once he gets that first, I think we're going to see the Kale McCarr bowl because the defense hasn't been bad for him. The, it's just it's, It hasn't been bad, but it's not Kale McCarr defense. No. And he, he's going to get there. He'll be fine. Um, but I thought it was just a perfect microcosm of this game and for how Kale McCarr's season has started so far. When the Avs have the empty net, he has just a perfectly teed up slap shot and a stick just shatters in half. And he tried, he makes the smart play to Rodriguez, but Rodriguez was not thinking that Kale McCarr could get that to him. And Brock Nelson goes and buries yeah, the empty he, netter. Yeah, he tried to kick it over to, I don't even think this was Rodriguez's fault either. I just think. Brock Nelson was like, there is only one thing he can do here and kick it. I'm going to go defend that. And that's just what he did. He puts in the empty net to put it away. And he's Kale is struggling. I don't, I don't really think we can sit here and say he's not struggling because he's not up to Kale McCarr standard. Like right now, he's not leading. He's not the front runner for the Norris right now, which for Kale McCarr standard is struggling. And, but I, you're totally right. He's going to get better. I still believe he's unequivocally going to win the Norris this season. I still like maybe a hundred points. Like we were talking about, you know, maybe that might be, in we, may, jeopardy. we may have to settle for 75. Yeah, maybe that might be in a bit of jeopardy, but he's absolutely going to figure it out. And I talked to you about this a little before we started. I, a lot of people are looking at this six day break and being like, man, that's going to be brutal. I disagree. I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. You get six days to sit in the mess of getting shut out in New Jersey, one nothing, and then blowing a three nothing lead. Good. Sit in that and think about that on the plane ride to Finland. Because I, I think for a team like the Avs, sometimes this stuff needs to happen. We saw it last season. When they lost those two games to Columbus, they sat in that, to, was it five or six days? And then they came out and wrecked everybody for the rest of the month. I think that's very possible. I remember that game. It was Vancouver. They beat them 7-1. to one. It was fucking yeah. awesome. Um, but it is kind of irony that we have to play the Blue Jackets when at the beginning of the season again. But I completely agree. I, I think sitting there for six days and just some good practice time for this team I think is really going to help. I don't think they've had much practice. Um, and even though they are professionals, I think practice is still very, very important to being a good hockey team. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be eye opening how they play against Columbus. I I have my hopes that they are going to beat the shit out of them on Friday, but then I have to remember the games in Finland in a whole different ass country, and everything's kind of thrown out the window in these games. 
Yeah, I mean, I fully believe they're going to win those games, and we will. We we have to save this yeah. conversation for next episode because we literally are going to have nothing to talk about <laughs> on Tuesday. But I fully believe they're going to be fine because, and also after that, you've got five or another six days off before you play Nashville again back home. So you, there's not a lot of hockey games over the next little while. So if you're not playing well, you got a lot of time to think about what you're doing wrong, which. I don't think is a bad thing. You you can end a lot of these bad habits that we're seeing right now. And one of the habits that I saw in this game put on very much on display by the Islanders and their suffocating style, the Avs have a lot of trouble getting the puck out of the zone. That was yeah. a problem last season and in the play. One of the few problems we had in the playoffs was getting the puck out. Yep. And the Islanders exposed that fully. Like the the tying goal from was it yeah, Scott Mayfield. Just the top line got destroyed by the Islanders. We could not get that puck out. And it was after the power play ended for the Islanders. They just hemmed us in the zone. Every clearing attempt, I should say weak clearing attempt, was easily kept in. And eventually, like when you allow that many shots on a goalie, I don't care if it's Vasilevsky, Shosturkin, or Georgiev, it's going to go in eventually. Like There's just so much that he can do as a human being with arms that are getting tired i think the avs on that sequence had like three or four chances to get it out and even if it was icing icing would have been good because you could have reset at least right, and at they least just couldn't get, get it yeah at least you get like a moment to breathe yeah they just couldn't get anything going and i mean credit goes to the islanders because they could have easily folded it in when they were down three nothing in this game they easily could have yeah and they kept grinding i think to me, that turning point in the game was the the first goal by who who scored was it Dobson? The the first the very first Islanders goal. Yeah, it was Dobson, yeah. right? Dobson. I, I mean, you could definitely see the Islanders pick it up after that. Yeah. The, the Parisi goal to me to make it three two was like, oh, we're we're in trouble now. Yeah, because if that goal happens with maybe like ten minutes left in the game, maybe you can survive it. But it happened so early because if if I remember right, that Dobson goal came like only a couple minutes after Evan Rodriguez's second of uh, exactly a minute and 20 seconds after yeah. so 80 seconds after the Rodriguez goal, the Islanders got one back. And I, I thought we did. Okay. Thought Georgiev at least held the fort for the rest of the period. The last five minutes of the second period should have been a good preview for how the rest of the game went. Cause the last five minutes of the second period were not good. Yeah. And like, it's, the an 82 game season has to be a big picture thing right now we are nine games into the season am i right nine games and we're four four and one there's been a couple performances so far that have just been bad there's there's no two ways about it the seattle game was bad yesterday against the devils was bad today against the islanders or yesterday by the time you're listening to this was bad. And this this one is the one that stings the most. You're up three to nothing and you blow a lead on the road in embarrassing fashion. And now you got six days off. These are the kind of games that you learn lessons from that help you later in the season. You saw it last season, uh, last early in the season, where they played like shit early in the season, but they they're not a team that makes the same mistakes a lot. They learn from a lot of their mistakes. And yes, they won the Stanley Cup. And if they learned those lessons last season, why are they still doing it now? Because it's a brand new season and you just won the cup and you, you think you're hot shit. A lot of this is psychological. This team absolutely has the talent to dominate this league 
and win a president's trophy and walk to another Stanley Cup. It's it's a, a lot of this is just in their head right now. A lot of this just has to get sorted out. And sometimes you just got to get your ass kicked. You got to just be embarrassed, have your pants pulled down in front of the whole school and just go back to the drawing board and figure out what's going wrong. I, I think we can pretty much pinpoint what's going wrong for the abs right now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can pick it up. Uh, it, the, the depth scoring continues to be a problem. I, I do want to talk about Alex Newhook a little bit because he did get a goal. I, I know it was a garbage time goal, but he had a couple chances earlier in that game where he, I, I'm thinking particularly in the second period, he had just wide open space just outside the slot and just barely like Varlamov got his shoulder on it. If Newhook can get going and get some confidence, which I'm hoping that goal can do, that adds just even more depth to this team. And I think JT Comfer's getting close too. He made a couple really good offensive plays in this game, but he's still just a little bit on the schneid right now. If these guys can get going and can take that pressure off McKinnon in the top line, this team will be fine. The problem is right now they haven't done it to this point and we're 500 team. Yeah, I think a lot of that, for especially for Newhook, can extend the same conversation about the fourth line. He's not getting deployed. I know on paper he's the second-line center. He is not getting played like the second-line center. He's playing the ninth most minutes on the team. Abs Robin on Twitter has done a very good job at pointing this out. Like It's not fair to hold Newhook to the same standard as a second-line center because he's not being played like a second-line center. In this game, he plays 12 minutes and 21 seconds. Andrew Cagliano, for reference, played 12-13. JT Kompfer played 14-26. Nathan McKinnon played 25 minutes. Here is a whopper. You want to know how much Evan Rodriguez played today? 21. 27 minutes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Good for Evan Rodriguez, yeah. man. I did not. I I completely brushed over this when I when I glanced at this before we started. Holy fuck. He played 258 on the power play and 222 shorthand. We signed this guy in August. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Not to get totally off track of my point, but oh my God, that sticks out. But yeah, like Newhook played 30 more seconds than Dryden Hunt. And I think he's playing well. He should have three goals right now, I think, at least this season. He's had his looks. He's gotten robbed a ton. I think we're going to see him at the end of the season probably close to 20 goals. I think he's going to figure it out. Second line center, though, for this team long term this season, I don't know if he's there yet. I think he might need a little more time. And like... I think Bednar's trying to give him the time, but they're not really in a like a spot where you can give him time right now. I I just think I just think there needs to be someone else here right now. I just I feel we're and we are we're running short on forwards at the moment. We're missing two incredibly important players right now. We're probably going to have Val back. We still don't have Helm. We're not going to have Landeskog for a long time, and we're talking about the trade deadline in March. They could be making a couple of big swings and a couple of, and a couple of bunts as well to fill out that fourth line because it just didn't make a ton of sense to me that after Galchenyuk didn't work out, we just kind of left it as it is. Yeah, Galchenyuk would have been interesting on this team if he stayed healthy. And he it, still it, is an option when he gets gonna, healthy. I was going to say, like, if he gets healthy, he could still be an option because they they threw him out there in the top six immediately when Landeskog was out during training camp that is 
Maybe they return to him in a little bit, and they're just keeping that ace up their sleeve right now. But it's Alex Galchenyuk. Let's not I get crazy. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's Galchenyuk. Like, the guy is just not what we thought he was five years ago. That is yes. the simplest way that I can put it. It just seems like we're running short on players at the moment. And the Rodriguez signing was great, but as we're looking at that now, uh, that was not a luxury. That was a necessity. Yeah. It, it, could you imagine if we didn't have Evan Rodriguez at this point? <laughs> uh, no, because I don't know. If, like, who are we playing at that point? <laughs> Fucking Ben Myers is playing top six minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, we, we legitimately had Rodriguez on the, the top line tonight, and he was great. He was great. But like then we're talking about Martin Kaut playing second line minutes, which he did against the Devils or started on the second line, still did not play a ton. But I don't know, man. It's very easy to go back and with hindsight, but we just there's just not enough depth right now. Like Curtis McDermott should not be playing this many games on forward. No, and I mean it goes back to the whole like they brought back Josh Manson and they took on that four million dollar salary, which Josh Manson is a good third pair defenseman for this team. He hasn't been good lately, um, but we know what Josh Manson is. And you kind of basically punted on getting another depth forward when you did that move, probably a couple depth forwards when you did that move um, in the long term, I think it's going to work out having six very good NHL defensemen when we get to playoff time. But right now, when you only have what, 11 good NHL forwards right now. Maybe 11 is a little bit short changing them. You're feeling the effects of that. Yeah. I mean, it also, I also just think we had the cap space to maybe sign another forward. Like you look at it right now, the abs have 325 in projected cap space. They also have eight defensemen up because Jacob McDonald's currently sitting in the press box at the yeah. moment. And Curtis McDermott is obviously both. So. I think they had the room to sign someone and I think they wanted to with Galchenyuk. It just, it didn't work out that way. Like this is, we're going to see a different team at the trade. Like there there are going to be guys brought in. And honestly, if it keeps going like this with the fourth line, we're not going to make it to the trade deadline before they make a move. But I just don't know who you can like, who's going to be trading anyone right now. I don't, I don't think it's, we're talking like a top six forward. Like, I just think we're talking like we're, we're scouring every waiver claim. We're talking to guys like you're going to have to find a creative solution. Tyson Joseph has been scratched the last three games for Minnesota. <laughs> they want to get, Hey, if they want to give them back, we'll take him home. Wouldn't that, that would be, wouldn't that be hilarious. so, wouldn't that be so mean? We trade him away for <laughs> win a cup. We win a cup back. and then get him back. We rented uh, him. We rented him away so we could win a cup without him. That'd be fucking crazy. Like, it's kind of crazy. He's been scratched three straight games for the Minnesota Wild. Dude, they played him on the top line against us. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I I just, I mean, in the short term, maybe you'll get a guy like Matt Nieto again. Like I, I don't know, but you have three million in cap, which is a lot of cap space for a championship contending team. Three twenty five. That's yeah. thousand. They don't have three million. Oh, I thought it was three million. No, not even close. No, never mind. Jake came. Yeah. I thought there. Sorry, I misunderstood you when you said we had three. Yeah, I, I, I should have cleared it. Three hundred twenty-five thousand, not three million. No, never. Yeah, mind. If, if they had three million, they would have signed like two guys. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Um, but I, you got. I agree. You got to get someone in here just to play in the fourth line for right now, and someone Bednar trusts so that he can play them ten minutes a game. I mean, like, but just. 
Martin Kaut's not getting an opportunity. I know he's not really doing much with his grand five minutes a game. I think Bednar's just got to take a chance on someone and just give them some shifts and just see what they can do. Because I also feel for Martin Kaut, like, yeah, he's invisible when he's on the ice. But I also think he's pressing like crazy. He's like, when you when you know your NHL career is essentially on the line and you have five minutes to make something with it, are you not going to be absolutely stressed the fuck out every time you're on the ice? You have to make yeah. a perfect play every time you're out there. Yeah, some guys just need to, to settle in. And when you have that much pressure on you, you're not really going to be thinking straight and making the smartest decisions or you are going to be playing it overly safe because you know one mistake is going to send you back to the doghouse. But you also know that if you keep playing super safe and you're not playing impact, you're going back anyway. So what do you really do? I think you just one game, just give him one game, give him 10 minutes, just give him a shot. Let, let him show you what he can do against an NHL team. Maybe it's nothing, but you can't send him back down and say, well, we gave you a shot after playing him 430 a night. You got to give him something to work with here. And again, maybe it's nothing. Maybe the guy's just not an NHL player. Let him prove it first. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night, following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild. This season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night from money line to puck line to individual player props, no matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, because I think it was a couple years ago he came up and he actually played pretty damn well. And Bednar seemed to like him then. And it, it just, it's weird to me because Bednar, every press conference say, I really like what Martin Cal brought today. You played him five minutes. Like what, what, what else can he show you when you're having him out there for five minutes and it's with 10 minutes left in the first period is his one big shift. Like how much can he actually show you? So I just... I agree with you. I, I think you just kind of have to say fuck it and not have McKinnon playing 25 minutes in game nine and Rodriguez playing 27 minutes in game nine. Like you, if you're going to lose, at least lose and your guys are still a little like not getting burned. Like right. fucking. 
lose and at least have learned something along the way about a pretty important part of your lineup right now or the lack thereof in your lineup because you don't have a fourth line. And I know they started Cal on the second line against New Jersey. He played a grand 7-17 against them and just didn't do much. Just give him a shot. One more game, maybe against Columbus in Finland, where you're not in front of a, a home crowd or an away crowd. You're in front of a neutral crowd. Just give him a chance. Yeah. Let him show you what he can do. Maybe he'll impress you. Maybe he won't. And then after that, just set them down then. Like enough wasting everyone's time with this five minutes a night and like throw Jacob McDonald in there or something. Go do something. Like at least with a guy like Jacob Megna, who cares? I, I Jason Megna's funny to me. But I love, J- I love Jason Megna. If he ever freaks, if he ever scores a goal, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. I, it's just. We got to figure out something, and luckily it's early in the season. I'd rather have these problems in the beginning of the season, and hopefully you can fix them. But I think when we were doing our season preview, this was a concern about the apps. I think we talked about that there's just – the depth that they had last year was unreal. You will never match the depth they had last year. But they didn't really do anything to add to it other than Evan Rodriguez, and that was – it's apparent, and it's rearing its ugly head right now. Yeah, I I personally believe that Ben Myers is the best option at the moment. I thought he was the best in the preseason. He has a goal, which not everyone on the fourth line can say. Granted, it was extraordinarily lucky. But from what I saw from Myers, even without the goal, I thought he was the most impactful forward on the ice. And I think he has the ability to grow into a bottom six role for the rest of the season and at least do something with it. Yes, I agree and also, I think it's weird we haven't seen a ton of Anton bleed because I thought he was good in the preseason. We saw him for one game, and he hasn't gotten any looks. I mean, he played, what, five minutes in that one game, too? Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember which one it was. Was that the, the opener? Or was that? No, it was, he, I forget, maybe Minnesota. I'm totally blanking on which game it was, which doesn't bode well for how well he played in that game, I suppose. But yeah. That's the thing. Like we brought in Anton Bleed as like a knack replacement along with Sedlock. Sedlock, who apparently played very well against the Hurricanes today for the Flyers, but and he's just not getting an opportunity, which I, I just think is odd that we're gonna throw Curtis McDermott in there and not give Bleed or any of these guys a shot over McDermott. Like that that just doesn't make a ton of sense. Cause Bleed has played in the NHL before. He's played 71 games in the NHL. Last year he played 32 and scored nine nine points. Granted, not a lot, but he's he's done it. He's I an NHL player. Yeah, I liked what he brought in the preseason. Bednar agreed, and now we're here in the season, and he's not playing at all. It, it's it's weird. I, I think the Abs are kind of in just like let's just try anything and try everyone, see if someone sticks. But you just have to actually give those guys who are trying to stick a chance to stick i don't think we're giving them a chance to stick yeah like because what realistically like i've said this a million times on this episode what are you going to do with five minutes again especially against a team like the islanders maybe this is just not a great game for martin cow to be playing it against the islanders but like what are you going to do in five minutes a whole lot of nothing just skate laps like and especially like when you don't have practices and like you, you don't have a chance to impress the coach. Like what what can he do with this? And this goes far beyond Cout as well. Like you look at, I'll, I'll extend it to Mikhail Maltsev as well, and maybe maybe even McDermott. Like, what are you supposed to do with that amount of time? 
Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think there's much you can do. Yeah. Because, like, Evan Rodriguez playing 27 minutes, I mean, good for him. But that's ridiculous, isn't it? It's it's absurd for a forward to play that many minutes. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, and, and Kale McCarr played 28. And the next closest was 22 for Taze. Like, Rodriguez played the second most minutes of anybody on the team. Thank God we have six days off. Yeah, it's pretty fucking funny that he played that much. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on a guy like Arturi Lekkinen? I mean, he he hasn't really been noticeable these past two games. But I think with Arturi Lekkinen, he is a product of who he plays with. He's not a game changer. But when you put him with good players, he's going to produce. Yeah, I mean, Lekkinen is just a, a steady guy. If you're going to play him with the top guys, he's going to do well. Lekkinen has never been bad, and he's never going to be bad in any position you put him in. But if you're relying on Lekkinen to be a guy that is going to rise above his station and put the team on his back, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to score two goals tonight, and I'm going to put up three points and carry this team to a victory, that's not going to happen. No. This, guy, this guy is the side of fries. He is just the cherry on top of what should be an amazing team. That's what made him so excellent last year is you have all these dangerous threats. And now here comes Arturi Lekkinen on the third line or the second line to just frustrate the hell out of you. And when you're asking that guy to be a top performer, I just don't know if he has all of that with him. He's a phenomenal player, phenomenal player that fits anywhere in the lineup. But when teams are allowed to prepare for a guy like that and build a game plan around him, it's going to, it's going to limit a lot of his effectiveness. I don't really think it has anything to do with him or that he's been bad at all. Even I think he's been perfectly fine, but it's clear that he's having his effectiveness limited. Well, he's a, it's no coincidence that when Evan Rodriguez plays with McKinnon, his production goes up. It's just, it's no coincidence. That's why I'm still saying, man, throw a new hook out there with McKinnon and Ranton why yeah. the fuck not? Yeah, like just give some guys a chance. It's yeah. early in the season. Yes, losing sucks. You're losing anyway. Yeah. Like even when you're throwing out the best lineup you possibly can, or at least allegedly the best lineup, it's still falling short because you can't trust any of your guys. Like, and you're not giving New Hook any time. So you're relying a lot on your top guys. You can't rely on your fourth line at all. Just take a chance on some guys. See what they can do. I, I agree with you now. Let Newhook play on the top line, even if it's just for a period. See how well he can fit. See if he can skate with them. Just see what you've got. Isn't that the whole point of the regular season? Yeah, just fuck around. Like, let's just fuck around and have some fun. Like, if we're going to lose, let's at least lose in a fun way, not with our best guys playing 28 minutes and being like, well, that sucked. Yeah, but... like, well, I don't know where we're going wrong. And the stars are not exempt from criticism as no. earlier like this is not just a depth problem like this comes from the top down like when mckinnon's taking a bad penalty and making bad defensive plays and kale mccarr's not fully up to kale mccarr it's unfair to blame the guys at the bottom of the lineup but this is everybody's responsibility very much so it is everybody's responsibility and I really thought I was like, damn, when they went up three, nothing, I was like, okay, like this could be a game where we see maybe some depth guys get some more ice time and maybe they can get their feet under them. It just didn't happen. And like, I, I don't think like McKinnon hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been McKinnon these past couple games. Um, 
And it's reflecting in the team's performance because like we've said this whole episode, if McKinnon's not playing at a fucking Connor McDavid-esque level, this team just can't produce any offense. Yeah. And he's playing a ridiculous amount of time. He plays 25 minutes in this game. He plays 25 minutes against the Devils. I mean, the guy had seven shots against the Devils and just got completely held off the board and everything. He has two assists in this game as well. He's only had two games this season without a point, that being Seattle and New Jersey. McKinnon's still playing well. He's going to finish the season towards the top of the league in points, but I think it's what I said earlier. He's pressing. He looks at what's happening on the ice and goes, I'm Nathan McKinnon. I I just signed a $12.6 million contract. It is my responsibility to go out on the ice and do this myself. And sometimes he can. But a lot of the times, a team, especially a team like the Islanders, is going to see, okay, here's what McKinnon's going to do. He's going to pick up this puck. He's going to skate it right up the middle. All we have to do is shut off his options, and there's only so much he can do. Yeah, his fire weak shot on net. So, yeah, I mean, that like, I, I think it's going to be good. Like you said, the Avs get some time off. They can rest up. These overseas games are just weird, but, like – I'm low-key excited for it, but also, like, don't want it to be the Avs. Like, why does it have to be the Avs going out there? Yeah, I mean, Um, we got a lot of fins. Yeah, we do have a lot of fins. Once again, we love our Finnish listeners if you're listening to this. But um, who knows? Maybe it'll be just like when they went to Sweden and it's just a total change of the team. Like, they showed showed the Duchesne trade because it happened against New York before they went across the pond. And I was like, oh, yeah, that feels like centuries ago. Yeah, that was a... That was the last overseas game before the the, the Nashville San Jose one, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, was there one in early 2020? Oh wait, no, I'm totally, get, I'm totally getting my years fucked up. The last one was 2019 or something. Yeah, I want to say there was one before the pandemic started. Yeah, but there was one, but what? Again, not important. Not important, but yeah, I mean, it's these two games stunk. Thank God we won that Rangers game. Could you imagine if we lost in overtime in that game and we get one point out of six on this East Coast road trip? If we gave like if we gave up a power play goal there and lost to the Rangers, we're talking about a six game stretch of one, four, and two. Yeah, that'd be rough. Yeah, like we'd have the one win against Vegas, lose to the Jets in overtime, lose to Seattle in overtime, beat Vegas somehow. We beat the Rangers, but hypothetically here we lose to them, then lose two games in regulation. Probably not a pretty conversation. Not a pretty conversation, but that Rangers win was huge. But we've talked a lot of negatives about this team. It is still so early in the season. There is cause for concern because there are legitimate problems with this team right now. But are we going to freak out? No. We're not going to freak out. But there are legitimate concerns that you have to fix. And if the apps can fix them, they'll be just fine. Yeah, I I think when we talk about stuff like this early in the season, I think both camps just get lost because the Avs played bad over the last two games, unequivocally bad, borderline unacceptable performances. It is also game nine. And the team that we see in game 40 is not the same team that we're going to be seeing in game nine here. Things are going to get better, but we also can't ignore what just happened. Both sides are right. Both sides are valid. We just got to roll with it sometimes. And roll with it. Yeah. We have to accept that both can be true at the same time. The abs need to be better. And the abs are probably going to get a lot better as the season goes on because Kale McCarr is going to get better. Nathan McKinnon's going to get better. 
Rantanen's going to get better. You're going to get Nuke back. You're going to get Landis Gog back eventually. They're going to add some guys into the lineup. Like, I, I think even before we added a guy, something about this fourth line is going to get figured out. Like It, it has it to. Has to. It ha- you cannot keep doing this. You can't. It is completely unsustainable. You're going to run your guys into the ground. Someone's going to get a chance. Someone's going to impress. Someone's going to have a big night. And they're going to get some minutes down the line. Like we're already seeing Dryden Hunt get thrown up in the lineup a little more. That's one back already. You get Nuke back against Columbus. You put Dryden Hunt down on the fourth line. And he's going to start to get some more minutes. That alone takes the load off of some guys. So now you got two spots left. We'll see when Helm comes back. Someone else is going to get bumped out of the lineup. A few months later, Landeskog comes back. You're going to get some guys bumped out of the lineup. Then trade deadline. You add at least two more forwards, I'd say into this lineup and more guys are getting bumped down time more evenly gets dispersed that's all gonna get fixed but we also can't ignore that the fourth line right now is bad i'm gonna call it right now i think darren helm plays november 10th against the predators that is a very specific prediction but well it's the first game back at home from the trip I, i i'm gonna call it right now i think he plays um did we see a timeline for him I don't know. He's skating again. So I imagine he'll keep skating these two weeks before that game. Yeah. He's in a no contact Jersey right now, at least. But I, God, I, I said the Landeskog timetable. Did he have a timetable at the same time? Cause I am totally blanking on it. No, they didn't have helm as a timetable, but Landeskog's 12 weeks. So you can probably realistically expect him back in 14. Cause they'll give him like two weeks to go through a mini training camp. I'm assuming. Um, but I think Darren Helm comes back and that's going to help a lot, but we'll see. Like I'm not panicking. I am concerned about the performances these past couple games. If I didn't have to come on the show and talk about it, I probably would have already flushed this game down my brain and these past two games down my brain, but this is what we have to do. So do you have any final thoughts before I transition to how crazy my day was today? Well, I also do want to say that, I was right about how much people will freak out about losses oh, yeah. in the season, even with the Stanley Cup. Like the, my my favorite word in the first twenty games is pathetic. This team's pathetic. Trash. 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 Yeah. Top lines. Trash. Kale McCarr is terrible. Oh, we should have signed Kadri, man. Should we should have got we should have brought Kadri back. We should have brought Perky back. So Nazem Kadri's really good. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have loved to have Kadri, yeah. but that is simply not possible. Yeah. And Burko should have brought Berkey back, man. Like there's all this coulda, woulda, shoulda done. It is nine games into the season. And yes, these losses suck. They sting. They suck to go through as fans. Once we reach game 82 and game one of the playoffs does not matter in the, yeah. in the big picture. I've made this argument before I made it last season. It's okay to lose games like this sometimes. It's not okay in the moment. But 60 games later, when this happens again and you give up that tying goal, you don't give up the the goal 12 seconds later that gives the Islanders the lead in the playoffs. I'll go back to my favorite example of sometimes it helps to get your ass kicked. Game five, St. Louis. That sucked, didn't it? That that absolutely fucking sucked to lose that game. We absolutely lose to Tampa if we if we win that game. Based on everything that was said by players after the Stanley Cup final, from McKinnon, from McCarr to everybody, if we lose, or I'm sorry, if we win Game Five against St. Louis, 
we don't beat Tampa. We lose game six and we come home for game seven and we lose that series. That taught us what we need to do to win. That is a prime example of sometimes in the long run, in the big picture, sometimes you just got to get your ass kicked to remind you how to win again. And we saw that last season in the regular season. They got their ass kicked in the early season. They bounced back and steamrolled the rest of the way. And they had some shit performances in the playoffs sometimes where they just blew some leads. And they they needed those to win the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, it sucks right now to lose a game like this. But it, it does teach you what you need to do and what you absolutely cannot get away with. And sometimes you just need those reminders. Yeah, you just need those reminders, so they'll be fine. Um also, I'm just watching about Tyson Berry is so bad. He is so bad, dude. Like that's totally off topic, but he he is bad. Um, yeah, totally agree with you though that if if the Abs can work through this, which they will, they'll be fine. They'll be better for it. It does suck in the moment, but they'll be fine. But yeah. I'm I'm good on talking about the negatives. Let's talk about the positives because I got to live an unreal experience today. I, Griffin, I touched the Stanley Cup. I touched the same thing that Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon touched. Like, I had my hand on top of the cup. And that was fucking awesome. Maybe that's the reason why they lost. I jinxed it by touching it. But last time I last time that I touched the cup was when I was seven. And the Avs won the cup that year. So, law of averages says we probably have to win again this year. But, uh, dude, I'm just a fan i'm not a player and even like just being around the stanley cup it gave me butterflies thinking about it. it's like oh, oh my god like this is the fucking stanley cup like this is crazy um and yeah i got to meet uh phil pritchard keeper of the cup that was pretty cool what a life that guy lives like do you think that would be fun to be that guy because you're traveling probably what 50 out of the 52 weeks of the year like, do you think that job is fun or do you think you would just get bored with it eventually? It kind of feels more like a responsibility than anything else. Probably feels less of a job, but like, oh, this is fun. But like, it is my responsibility to to take care of this piece of history and make sure nobody fucks with it. Like, he probably gets paid pretty well and he does get to travel the world, but he's legit always working because he has to bring the cup everywhere. So... I, I don't know if I would love that job or absolutely hate it. That's what I mean. Like it's it's probably an honor to do, but it probably also can feel a little old at times. Like especially especially if you have a family, that must be brutal. Yeah, because like he's he's literally like I imagine like when a team wins the cup that the first couple parties you go to are really fun, and then after like the 12th one and you're like yeah this is just the same thing every fucking day like it's yeah. just like i i imagine once you once you start going down the roster of day with the stanley cup and you start getting into like the assistant to the special teams coaches stanley cup day you're probably like fuck dude where the hell do i have to go now yeah like, great nice backyard very cool i want to go Be home because there's no other trophy in sports that this has to happen where there's a keeper of the cup like each right. Super Bowl champion gets their own Lombardi. They make a brand yeah. new trophy every single year. Yeah, like at the Ravens headquarters, they have two Lombardi trophies in, at the front door. Like no team who's won the Stanley Cup just gets to have it in their office. It is the Stanley Cup. They make new trophies for every other sport. 
like do this don't take this the wrong way but like when you see like the raven super bowls like the first couple times you saw it you're like oh that's fucking sweet but like I think every time I would see the Stanley Cup and could even see, I'd be like, holy fuck, the history with this is. It also absurd. helps that the Stanley Cup is massive. Yes. It was like, I took a picture. I'm I'm pretty tall. And it was hitting me shoulder level. It was on a table, but it was, it was funny because when you go and you're walking into the arena, because they did it for the season ticket holders, they're like, you can touch, you can't touch any other trophy. The only one you can touch is the Stanley Cup. If you try to pick it up, you will be kicked out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get kicked out, but like, Man, that would be pretty that cool. Is, to, that is so, that's so tempting though. Cause right? like, I'm, all, I'm already at the front of the line. You're not, you're not preventing me from getting my photo. Like right. I'm going to take the photo and I'm just going to very quickly, like grab yeah. that thing, get it above my head and just be like, take the picture, take the fucking picture. How, how far do you think you could get if you picked it up and ran? I don't think I could have gotten far. More than two I don't think I would attempt to run. I think it would just be take take the fucking picture. Take it now as you just see like security in the background slowly uh, closer and closer in each shot in the next. Oh Jesus, that would have been funny. Speared. But I would have probably lost my season tickets if I would have done that. Can they do can they take away I guess they yeah, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Oh, they probably could. I mean yeah. they wouldn't even give me a full refund, but that's, that's what I mean. Like what am I talking about? Yeah, absolutely they can. They're yeah. they can do whatever they want. They don't even need a reason. <laughs> yeah, they don't even need a reason. But it was uh it was cool. They fixed the Stanley Cup. There's no dent in it anymore. Well, do you think, it, well, do you think it's the same Stanley? Because isn't there like three Stanley Cups? Like there's one that travels and there's one that's like always at the Hall of Fame. I don't Well, which one do they give out? Do they give out the real one or do they give out like the. Well, how do we know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. How, how would we know? That's well, true. Because there is always just, one at the Hall of just, Fame. They also just had the names etched on. So is that is yes. that the same cup? That's a good question. You're, you're you're going like full on like uh, conspiracy theorist stuff right now, but yeah. you I know me, it. massive conspiracy buff. So. Yeah, because what if it's like Phil Pritchard is only the one traveling with the is real one? Phil Pritchard even real? Is this guy have a family? He I, I was able to Phil put my Pritchard? arm around his shoulders, so he was real. I can't confirm. I don't know. I don't know, man. The, the the developments that we're making in technology nowadays and in fake flesh, Full AI, products, yeah. I don't know, man. Is there only one Phil Pritchard? Did Phil Pritchard is... die? Did Phil Pritchard die twenty years ago? And this is only a replica we're seeing right now. Well, I mean, let's be real. I think the guy before Phil Pritchard, they looked exactly the same. Do you know? I think it's a requirement for the cup holders because, like, all the guys who were in Hockey Hall of Fame coats, they all had like the long hair and like flow. I, I, th- so, I think we're onto something with this. We may be onto something, but all in all, like, it was really cool. Uh, seeing all the trophies the president's trophy was probably the least cool um well it's but, also like the most clowned on one yeah like it, it was like it was like all right what can we do to give the league's top team like another thing the NHL does where they only like the only league where the top team in the regular season gets a trophy for it and can raise a banner <laughs> like that doesn't happen in any other sport um but that was cool the norris trophy is fucking massive massive dude and what other one did i see that i thought was really fucking cool i touched the con smythe i did break that rule i did touch the con smythe ted Lindsay. Uh, yeah guilty sorry abs if you're listening to this i did touch the con yeah, smythe. are you are you sure you want me to release that no it's fine that i i just I, I i just barely touched it and i was like kale mccarr touched this so oh, just, like, oh, oh, oh i'm so clumsy i, oh, I touched yeah it. Oh, i tripped I grabbed it oh i grabbed it now i'm running out the door i'm such a klutz yeah. I was like, this is cool. 
Uh, the gym, the uh, whatever won the GM of the award. That was the only award I didn't know what it looked like until I um, saw it in person. That is a phenomenal point. What the hell does that one look? Like? That's what I say. Like I'm walking up, like what the fuck is this trophy? Like, we never like I know. That, like we never even seen that handed out. They just like announce it. Yeah, the draft. <laughs> it's a very weird looking trophy. Um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. The the Clarence Campbell Bowl was pretty cool. Uh, just seeing like all the good teams on there. Like the only thing, my the only gripe I have about me getting to see the Stanley Cup for free, and this is gonna sound really spoiled of me. You literally had like you could take your picture and you had to move. Like you couldn't really sit there and like look at the history on it. Because I really wanted to look and just be like, well, like, I mean, to be fair, how many people were there? Oh, a lot. No, it was a lot. I, I get why they did it, but it would have. I'll never be that close to those trophies again. Like, it would be cool to at least take, like, a minute to, like, look at them and just kind of, like, read some of the stuff. Well, are all are all those trophies at the Hall of Fame? I believe so. Yeah. Well, they're probably like, well, if you want to go see them. Yeah, that's probably, you, it's, it's like you a You can team. go give us $50 and go to the, the Hall of Fame in Canada because it's just that easy. I think that's the one sports Hall of Fame that I'd like to go to. Oh, is yeah. The Hall of Fame. Yeah, I want, I want to do that someday before I'm dead. Yeah. Maybe we make it when we both aren't just dying of life. Um we can make it like a little like vlog style thing. Yeah. Maybe when we're both 70 and retired, yeah. we can finally hey, do that. Coming up quick, man. It's yeah. coming up quick. It was just my birthday. I'm like halfway in the grave at the yeah. old age of 22. But yeah, dude, just being in the presence of the Stanley Cup, I've never seen like, I guess I forget that I'm almost 30, that I am an adult, but like pretty much like there was an older couple in front of us and even they were kind of like holy fuck that's the stanley cup i don't i I feel like it's the kind of thing where like you're never gonna not have that reaction yeah because like even the players like it's not like they get sick of the cup no no they don't but it was just really cool um i'll have that picture with me forever and yeah i in hindsight i if i was a smart content person and not just fanboying over Phil Pritchard, I maybe would have just been like, hey, bro, you want to come on our podcast? But And he would have said, fuck no, get out of my line. No, he definitely would have said like, oh, yeah, let me get your contact info. Shoot me a DM on Twitter and just never responded. Yeah, I, th- I think he would have laughed at you and said, all right, move on. That would be like, I think if there's like all-time interviews we could get on the show, obviously there's a lot. But I think Phil Pritchard is up there because the stories he could tell would be fantastic. Yeah, I think Phil Pritchard has so many good stories, and we will never hear any of them. That that man could ruin the league if he really wanted to. Yeah, I don't read, but if he ever wrote like a biography about his life and his travels, I, I would read that book. I don't know why that was so funny. Just you randomly just saying I don't read. I don't oh know. yeah, I just I, I don't, don't know why that. Made, I don't know why that made me. Laugh. When's the last? What's the last book you read? I read. I read some. Yesterday, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's what I mean. Like, I don't know the last time <laughs> I, I read a book. I read things. Like, I I would read the fuck out of that book. But all in all, just super cool. Um, shout out the apps for doing that. They did not have to do that, and doing that was really fucking cool. Although I do miss the days. You want to hear what my uh, season ticket member present was this year? You ready for it? It was a, a lanyard with a plastic cover and like a ticket of uh, all the playoff series. Oh, <laughs> that, that was my season ticket present this year. That's pretty cool. Uh, the, the season ticket present for the Caps in 2019 after they won the cup was a replica ring. But Well, no, dude. They're selling that for $12,000. They, they can't give that to us for free. No the, no, the one they gave to Caps fans was like 20 bucks. 
it was i mean still that's kind of cool yeah it was a replica ring not like the one with jewels on it yeah you know real quick i don't think we talked about this either because of everything that happened the abs reverse retro came out i keep meaning to talk thank you for bringing yeah. up. i wanted to talk about this today i want to talk about it last episode i totally forgot but yeah, yeah i the reverse retro i just don't care really i th- i think ours is cool i like ours i think actually, i think it's okay i think it's top five i think most of these are garbage honestly well i feel like adidas because they aren't going to be sponsoring the jerseys next year just kind of like gave up halfway through it and i, I thought I, the timing of them was weird like i feel like there wasn't as much hype as there was for the first reverse retros i i feel like they just saw the success of the first ones and were like oh well let's do it again and most teams are like well we don't really have anything else like how do, how do you make a second reverse re- like how could the f possibly follow up the nordiques one i think they could have gone full nordiques and just done like the baby blue yeah but then then it's just you're just doing what you did last time everyone's gonna be like well i already bought this jersey so it's a different color and <laughs> i would still buy it man I'd wear it, I mean, I, I, it just it just feels so what's the word artificial to me like does anyone did anyone ask for these? Like we have reverse retro jerseys. They're actually awesome. You just stopped selling them and stopped using them, and now you're just gonna make worse ones and make those widely available. Are you are you prepared for when Nike gets the contract to the NHL and the Avs have like five jerseys that they wear all throughout the year? Because that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna be full on NBA style. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're good. But I, let's face it, they probably won't be. I'm a sucker, man. I'll buy anything. I'll buy any jersey. I'm a sucker. I, I fully admit that. I'm a sucker. I bought that reverse retro so fast when it went on sale. Like, it, Man, it, the, the, the first reverse retro for the abs is one of the best jerseys yes. I have ever made. Ever made. That is so awesome. So good. And this one's like, it's, it's cool, but I just don't see it having any sort of long-term, like, impact on anything. Like, even like I feel like the Caps did the best job with it. Oh, but I, the Caps got shit on. People hated the Caps. Well, I don't like it. I don't really. I, why? I don't like the color scheme. I've I've never liked the old Caps color scheme. Oh, brown, fair. Blue and brown. I just don't think go well together. I'm in the minority of Caps fans. Most of them think it's awesome. The Screaming Eagles cool. The Screaming Eagles cool. I just don't like the color scheme. But I think they did the best job because they went back to a retro time and brought it and modernized it like. A lot of teams just kind of remixed what they already did, and they're just, it's okay, I guess. I don't know. I almost wish, like, the abs, the only thing I wish they would have done different with it is I like the color idea. The color of the state flag is fucking cool. But the chess logo is just kind of like, all right, we're just going to put a C up there. <laughs> that's that's the jersey. Yeah. Um, like, there's so many cool old logos. Like, you have the Yeti foot which I think is like people hated it when it was on there, but now that it's gone, people are missing it. Um, I think that would have been cool. I, like, I have to. Well, yeah. Cause like I have a flag that is the Colorado state flag as the Yeti foot. It looks fucking cool. Yeah. The Yeti foot's cool. Like I think we could have gotten away with that. I mean, I'm looking at these right now. I think the abs is absolutely top five. It's a, it's a clean Jersey with a nice color scheme. Usually I'm not a big fan of like the pure white middles, but I like the outline, the yellow and the red looks good. Like the, the dark blue, I wish they had like a little more burgundy and a little more blue on it, but I think it looks good. Like the Chicago one just looks odd. 
you know who has the worst one? Calgary. What the hell? I actually that? like Calgary's. What I like the hell is that? I thought there was something wrong with the picture. Like that stripe. It could have been really good, but why did they put that stripe in the middle? Uh, see, I kind of like it. I, I I feel like it's just, I don't know. Like I like one I really don't like is Nashville. I fucking hate Nashville's. Nashville's is, is really bad. Aggressively yellow. Yeah. But I really like that the Islanders dove back in with the fishermen. I, I like the Islanders one. I think that's pretty cool. See, I feel like people are just too critical of hockey jerseys sometimes. Like the NBA wears like 10 different jerseys a year and no one gives a fuck. But just because the NHL, I think, has so much tradition that people just, bitch about it more. Yeah, the, I think that's I think that's exactly it. The NHL is such a tradition driven sport. The NHL is just the NBA, I mean, is so much looser and mm-hmm. a lot more open to a lot of things. And they they have, let's face it, a much larger audience yes. than NHL that they're trying to appeal to. A lot more sponsors and a lot more creative people, if we're being real. So they have the room to do a lot of these things. The NHL, I mean, it is a little weird to see teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens release jerseys like these sometimes just because they're just so sanctimonious about so much mm-hmm. of their stuff. But, I mean, some of these are okay. I think the Hurricanes one is hilarious because they just took their normal jersey and made it red. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Vegas is glows in the dark, which you don't play hockey in the dark, so why the fuck so, did you make a glow-in-the-dark yeah, jersey? Uh, kind of dumb. Also, you don't have a retro thing. Yeah. Here you exist for six years. I actually kind of like Seattle's. I really do. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's good. I think that they, they should have just used a different logo, I think. Yeah. I, you could have, but their, it's their second year of existence. I'll give them a break. What are your thoughts? Because I feel like this is a real decisive, like divisive thought. Like, what are your thoughts on the Oilers one? I like what they're trying to do. I don't like the design. They, they followed the task of reverse retro, which a lot of teams did not do. Yeah. The design's okay. They I like their new logo a lot more than this one, but it's like, it's reverse retro. You're supposed to go back yeah. to the old times. Yeah. There's a lot. I, I'm hoping that whoever gets the next jersey contract, I'm praying to God it's not Nike, because Nike will fucking just mass produce everything i hate to oh no and it, you know who it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking fanatics, fanatics oh, gonna get fuck, it. dude. it's it it are it basically already is fanatics yeah it's so gonna far. be fanatics yeah that sucks um but yeah i mean it's just i, I like the abs reverse retro i'm excited to see them wear it i'm excited to get mine and that is your reverse retro talk three weeks later than when they first came yeah out. i'm like it, it, it's like the, it's like the landis gog timetable like that episode last week like there was just so much stuff yeah. we just completely missed and the reverse retro just slipped through the crack i mean i think i think they're okay like i think the kings one looks really good like the kings just i don't know why they're so insistent on wearing black and white they have such good jerseys wear purple purple I, is such a good hockey color I think it's more just because they don't want to look like the Lakers. Who cares, man? Like, just do it. You, yeah. you all, no one pays attention to you in LA already. How are you going to stand out in black and white? Yeah. It's either, you either look like the Lakers or you are in black and white. Like, well, it's black and silver. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on, man. A silver that is not on the jersey at all. Yeah. It's occasionally on their helmets. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be, I hope they keep doing reverse retros because I love them. I think it's just great to get. 
I kind of don't. I wish they just brought back the first ones. Like, because there's only so much you can really do. Well, you don't have to call it reverse retro, but I'd like to see a team get a New Jersey every year. Yeah, I think I that's think really that, cool. Maybe, maybe not every year. Maybe like every two or three years. But I don't know. Like, I think reverse retro at least has run its course for the most part. I don't think we need to bring them back again. But maybe a, a league-wide collection of New Jerseys? Yeah, I'd be up for that because – there's again, there's really only so much you can do with reverse retro. And what made the first one so cool is that they kind of had to make them good because they needed money. Yeah. It was something they'd never really done before. And now I think you can kind of see the mass production start to seep in. The consumerism. Yeah. Um, the consumerism and just these weren't really necessary but they know they're going to sell like hotcakes and you know eat like some teams nailed it in like mm. like what is columbus you it is it, can you even tell me what columbus is uh no yeah, is it something with the cannon no it's their normal logo with a black background and blue shoulders nice all right that's not terrible yeah and like the rangers they brought back the lady liberty logo and it's basically just blue with half red sleeves i like the ba- uh the bears the bruins i like the yeah, bruins. I, I like that one like that that's creative but that's what i mean like a lot of these they're just kind of lame i don't disagree with you but yeah i mean it, it's fun i like them i hope they keep doing them i like spending money on jerseys and i hope they keep doing them but it is tough because like if you think about like the NHL, when it comes to jerseys, I think a lot of teams have absolutely perfect jerseys as it is right now. Like, the Flames have perfect jerseys. I, I think the Flames have the best jerseys. Buff, Buffalo's got some bangers. Buffalo's are perfect. I love yeah. the Screaming Goat back for yeah. the talk about good reverse retros. Yeah. Um, Edmonton's got good jerseys since they went back to their normal colors. Yeah. Um, we we have awesome jerseys. Yeah, we have awesome jerseys. I th- I love Pittsburgh's jerseys. Yeah, um, you know who doesn't have good jerseys? The Caps. Yeah. Um, we we need a redesign badly because that. Yeah, is- but I think you're too old school to go do a full redesign. Just br- just have the fucking Weagle on the jersey. Why is our jersey or our logo letters? It's so dumb. It's the worst logo in sports. Yeah. I mean, like, and then you go back, like the Maple Leafs have a classic logo. The Canadians, even though it's kind of bland, it's classic. It's like, it's the, it's like the Yankees. It's classic. You can never change it. But the Red Wings, even though I hate them, like their logo is fucking sick. Yeah, it makes no sense, but it's, it's sick. An, it's an iconic logo. They're like, even ours, like our logo would never, ever, ever change. It's a perfect logo. We have the perfect colors. None of that's ever going to change. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be fun. Wearing the reverse retros. I'm excited for them. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, probably, I'll probably buy them on this go around if I can. I literally could not get a reverse retro last time. It was impossible because it was not just Colorado fans buying them because ours were sick. Yeah. So I'm going to do my best to at least get one. I'm going to get a Byram one if I can. I like it. Yeah, I went Kale because I only have one Kale jersey. Oh, only one. I have only. I have two abs jerseys total. <laughs> I had to I had to hold myself back from getting another one because they just dropped in the store where you could get the blue numbers. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just excited. I mean the all-star game jerseys that whenever there's an ad, I usually get an all-star game jersey. Um but yeah, we'll see. So yeah, you you've yeah. got you've got enough jerseys to make up for my lack of them. I think so. I think that's fair. <laughs> 
Fair enough, at least. So we finally talked about reverse retro, so I'll finally be able to sleep tonight and not kick myself. <laughs> God damn it, we forgot to talk about it again. So we finally talked about it, and I think we accidentally went way longer than I thought we were going to. Again, hey, that's just par for course with this show. Who cares? It went from, like, super depressing to, like, not depressing, but, like, super critical to, like, super lighthearted near the end. So hopefully people feel yeah feel better after so finishing. Hope you enjoyed your whiplash. And uh, hope to see you again next time on the next edition of the Teledabs News Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Kale McCarr and Jared Bednar shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com. Really good way to help out the show if you're feeling generous. And plus, you get a pretty kick-ass shirt out of it, too. Uh, use promo code Teledabs. It is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more, especially as the ads return home in November. They're going to have a lot of home games. If you want to get out and see the boys, it's a great way to help support the show. And plus, you're saving some money on some tickets if you haven't used SeatGeek before. Again, promo code TELLITABS it is. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at GYoungsNHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at TELLITABS it is, which is pretty much only place I tweet anyway. So you can follow me there basically as well, <laughs> but uh, we'll be back next episode and I hope you're prepared for nothing. So we'll see you then with no games to talk about. Hopefully some news, hopefully something happens, but could be a very short preview episode of some of the, the Finland games. At very least we'll talk about some, some league wide stuff that we couldn't get to today. Yeah, 100%, because there's been a lot going on in the league. Yeah, a lot going on as we get to the end of October. But we'll see you guys then. And again, it's early in the season. There, there's absolutely no need to panic this early in the season. We're at the exact same point that we were at last year. Yeah. It took a two-game losing streak to even get to that point. So we'll be fine. Things will figure themselves out. It's okay to be upset at losses, but just don't don't call the team trash. They're not trash. Like They'll, they'll figure it out. And... I don't know. We'll talk. We'll talk about it all next time. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I don't need to drag this out any longer than we've already gone. So we'll see you guys next time. But until then, let's go abs. <laughs>